Well, the Nuggets went on the road to Phoenix, and this time, well, they were the ones with the brooms as they swept them out of their own building. This is Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That intro makes no sense. You can't sweep anyone out in the regular season. Anyway, I'm Matt Moore. Sounded cool, though. On Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. I'm Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network and Nuggets insider for 104.3 The Fan in Denver. He is Adam Mares from DMVR. You can see him at DMVR. Dot com and follow him on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares, where the bar for DMVR was hopping as the ball was popping and the Nuggets were romping as they beat the Phoenix Suns in the opener of the 2021-22 season. I want to tell you this episode of Locked On Nuggets is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. I love that jingle. It's so good. All right, Mares. I thought the Nuggets were going to lose by double digits in this game. Instead, uh, they roll in. They get a lead with the starters. They lose the lead with which, what we always talk about where the bench comes in and ruins it. It looks like the starters are going to struggle. They end on a big 10-1 run. And then the third quarter, they just come out and handle business. Give it back, but then re- hold on enough. And then the starters take it home. What's your big takeaway? Give me the big picture for Nuggets beat Suns. Uh, the st- but I mean, there's two of them, the bench of the starting unit. Um, but I'll go positive, extra positive to start. And that is that the Nuggets starting unit looks dominant. And it reminded you of how dominant they looked since trading for Aaron Gordon, including in the portion of the regular season last year when after Jamal Murray went down. That first unit, I mean, you look at the plus minus, it's just the plus minus for this one, which I do think tells the story. Plus 22, plus 20, plus 24, plus 28, plus 18. And that is a heck of a good starting unit for the Phoenix Suns. It's not like they beat up on some team that doesn't have a great starting unit with chemistry that just went to the finals. That was a very impressive game for that starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, look, we <laughs> that's a championship level starting starting five um with jamal murray it just right. is like it just is uh will barton backed it up man yep that's my big takeaway is will barton backed it up barton came out in practice and said we're looking forward to that game he didn't you know he didn't run yep. his mouth too much he just said yep. they were looking forward to playing in phoenix and facing that team again and that they had talked about how things went last year in the playoffs barton hits not the dagger they were still comfortably up but the shot that he hit late in that game was the oh okay we're done here like the, there's them. no Two of them. I, Two I'll, of them. I'll, I'll, you won't call it a dagger, but I will. You're right that the dagger came early. Usually a dagger would be like the last minute or something, but it was about three minutes left, and you thought, okay, you know, they could still blow this. Phoenix could have go on a run, and Will Bard's like, no, they're not doing that. Basically, I don't think it was back-to-back, but close to back-to-back three-pointers, and I like that you put it that way. He did – he didn't really talk. He just mentioned it earlier in the in the week. And then he came out and he 100% backed it up and, and played like a guy who had been thinking about this game for a long time. 20 points, 8 of 14 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 6 boards, 5 assists and a steal for Barton and a plus 20. Uh, really great performance there. Um, 
I I don't recall saying that that DeAndre Aiden gives Nikola Jokic trouble. <laughs> that wasn't me. You know I was going to bring this up. I almost made it my lead thing, but it's not the lead story. It's just the lead story I wanted to bring up to you. But I I played it cool. That wasn't me. I wouldn't say such a thing. Um, look, Joker was Joker was clowning. Twenty seven points, thirteen and twenty two shooting, fifty nine percent from the field. Only one six from Would three. Would you say he looked unbothered tonight? Would you say unbothered by DeAndre unbothered Aiden by DeAndre Aiden hitting the turnaround? hitting the spinning shots um only two assists i would imagine that when we get the data and especially just if we go back and log when we watch film we're going to see a lot of probably hockey assists from Jokic, where it was kick out rotation three like i didn't feel like the ball was stagnant tonight despite two assists from joker i felt like the ball was moving pretty well um and yeah like aiden didn't bother him he got what he wanted he got where he wanted he was scoring it, it's interesting in that um he winds up with this plus 20 despite the fact that if you look at the, just the numbers of he scored 27 points on 22 shots. This is inherently, I think kind of the challenge when you play when teams are able to play Jokic in single coverage and stay home is he'll have big numbers, but it's always like, well, if the three pointer is not falling, he's not going to have one of these lines where it's like he had 35 on 17 shots. It's closer because right, he's right. taking two pointers and you know, it's usually contested. Right. But I did feel like he drew enough of it, but here's the, here's maybe like the best thing about this. Joker had a good game. Didn't have an amazing game. Had a really good. Oh, I thought he was pretty amazing. Okay. I, I, I would strongly disagree. I thought he was pretty. I thought he had that game. stretch in the third where it was like, Oh my God, he's just cooking. Like he's just, he's got everything going, but I wouldn't say like 27 and two assists is like, at least from his standards, top level this is part of it, right? Like, and you not talked about this. He can have great games without the stats. Um, it's interesting. Right. Tell me why you thought that this one was so sublime from him. Maybe I can be convinced. I just thought he was so in control when he was on the court. The only stretch where he wasn't, in my opinion, in full control of what was happening while he was on the court was the four or five minutes to start the second quarter. Denver's up 11 points. The second unit comes in, blows that all. They're down like 11 points. And there was a four or five minute stretch where I thought, they're demoralized yeah. like they kind of got demoralized from it but other than that five minute stretch i just thought Jokic got exactly what he wanted out of every possession he dominated the ball i'm curious to see the time of possession he had tonight and he just made all of his shots that were inside the two, the the three he goes 13 of 17 from two tonight i mean his the only reason he didn't have a higher percentage because he was one of six from three uh and that happens sometimes with yoke i mean sometimes he just misses those but every other shot he took just dominant I have a great stat for you. Guess what his defensive rating was tonight? Ooh, I'm curious. 76.7. And that's a good team. I mean, look, Phoenix did miss some shots tonight. Yeah. There was yeah. a little bit of like. Book was off. Booker, book was off. Especially in that fourth quarter. Um, but nonetheless, it does, I mean, still, you hold him to 98 points and the, the intensity was there. I, Jokic last year, I tell people this all the time. And look, I'm the biggest Jokic believer out there. It's well publicized. I told people last year he clearly looked exhausted. He didn't look – just physically he looked so different from the last time we saw him against Phoenix. There just was a pep in his step. He was running – he had a coast-to-coast, -coast, Matt, a coast-to-coast yep. -coast with Chris Paul on his hip the entire 90 feet of the court. He just looked like uh, – the energy level from him was just so different from the last time we saw him. It's funny. Um, the Suns admitted to being tired. And I just, it, there is a certain irony here of basically being like, I can just imagine the Nuggets being like, oh, is it hard to win when you're tired? <laughs> is that, 
is that, is a, that thing? a thing yeah. that's difficult? Uh, yeah. Because like they were gassed last year. And so you know, now it's on the other foot. Um, really great win. Just a, a really great win all overall. Um, really I still think that Jokic's individual game was great. It wasn't like Neo in the Matrix seeing everything like beyond. I mean, and part of that's because the Suns are a really good team, right? And they know how to guard him. I just thought that he got the biggest thing I'm trying to get to here is I felt like he got support tonight. It wasn't just him finding guys and making everybody better. I felt like MPJ was locked in and played really well. This was a great MPJ game after a bad preseason. Got great game from Will Barton. I felt like Jokic got real help tonight. I mean, he de- there's no question he got real help. I mean, we know Yoke alone can't beat a, a team as good as the Suns. I mean, you need a Jamal Murray. You need other guys to step up. And tonight they got that. But I, I just thought that Yoke was in such supreme control tonight. I mean, unbothered is the word I would use tonight. He ran the show and was just touching the ball. I, I did. I honestly thought this was a great Jokic performance tonight. Um, other, it would have been an A plus plus if he would have just made maybe one or two more three pointers. That was the only yeah. sort of thing that weighed it down. But yeah, I mean, it's a good point, right? Like he makes two threes and it's it's thirty four, yeah, right? 30, and it's thirty three like, points and he shot. Yeah. yeah, the numbers look incredible. But yeah, yeah, that's a good wasn't point. That, that's I a just everything point. else. The control of the game tonight. He had more control of this game than Chris Paul had. And, and I agree with that. And, yeah, and that, I agree with that's that. An impressive thing. And well, I'll say this too: it wasn't just that he put they pushed pace tonight, yeah. and he was getting into the teeth of Phoenix before yeah. they were ready and hitting the floaters and hit like they were caught off guard. He was a step faster to everything than they were, which was you know the opposite of the playoffs last year. Now this isn't a playoff game, but that was a big reason why they got a, a big road win without Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back and. We'll get into everything about the bench because that's going to have to be its own segment. We'll do that when we come back on Locked on Nuggets. But first, I do want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. Uh, They've always just been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. You know, win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I've got these stories. Um, My dad on Sundays would get up and he would want to go get the paper and McDonald's before we watched the Kansas City Chiefs get beat by the Denver Broncos. Um, This is the 90s. So that's what we would do. And in high school, I had a buddy, a lifelong friend of mine I've known since kindergarten. I still talk to him every day he and I would go get McDonald's during the day in high school. And so whenever I have to go because I'm with my kids and they're calling for McDonald's, I let him know that, Hey, I'm here and I'm getting the same thing that we used to get all the way back then. Can't do as often now that I'm 40, but still it's really great. Head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on nuggets watch party? Mm, I'm loving it. We'll be right back on locked on nuggets. Back here on Lockdown Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day. Matt Moore and Adam Mara is talking about game one, a win. Uh, man, I just got to tell you, I did not think they were getting this win. I bet they weren't going to get this win. I thought this, they were not. And in the back of my head, there was that little voice that was going, they're really good whenever there's adversity. Like, yeah. But like, that's, you know, like no Jamal and the Suns are so good. It's a matchup problem. And then this... I will say this. Let's start. Well, let me interject time. real quick. Can I interject yeah. real quick? I will say there was one moment where I thought maybe they had it tonight. That was when I was driving into the DNVR bar tonight to watch the game. 
and I popped on uh, Locked On Bets, and the Locked On Bets guys had it as a wrong pick favored. Their wrong pick favorite tonight. It was Denver. They said Denver's going to win tonight. They're the wrong team favorite. And I was like, huh. So there you go. A little promo for Locked On Bets. So I want to preface the conversation about the bench with this. Um, one, you can't expect the bench to be a positive because benches are usually positive if the starting unit does not have the salary that allows you to have good, good bench point. players. That's a really good point. Um, most of the elite teams in the NBA, their bench units lose because they're started. They're all their talent is in the starting unit, which is where it should be. It's hard to have really great bench players and awesome elite starters. Like right. this is what makes you teams like the Bucks that roll up sixty plus wins, etc. You would like it for sure, but the Nuggets are just not going to be that team. The other thing I would say is the Suns, in my opinion, have a really great yep. bench. Yep. Cam Johnson, campaign, who I didn't think played great tonight. I'm expecting a little bit of regression from campaign, honestly. Yeah, he has like the by like his year last year was ten times better than any other like month he's had. So I yes, yes. Um, but Landry Shamit got a big contract for some, some reason. Shots. Yep, but made some shots tonight. He was good. Um, Javale, I think that they're probably going to learn is probably not what they bought and paid for. He was a plus three, but it was it stagnated pretty bad, and in second half it got pretty rough. So this is a pretty good bench unit. All that said. Um, the, the Bay at half was pretty – was Nuggets Twitter was getting pretty – already pretty pretty upset, and I get it. It was um, a perfect I, storm because you had the, like, Bones. And I, I tried to put this out at halftime too. Like, I look, I wanted to see Bones tonight, but he wasn't yeah. saving that first half. Like, if he was out there, he too, I would have been hemorrhaging points in my opinion. This is my opinion. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I'll say this. I think Malone was wrong not to play Bones. I just think that, you know – I can imagine reasons why he didn't play him. Uh, it's especially bad after I went on the Nuggets mm-hmm. war room and got into a fight with Marilat about how he's going to play this season. And then he literally gets a DMPCD. Well, he will play. You will win that one. Yeah. You just, you didn't get to the first round. Yeah. It, well, part of it's just like the, it's the Suns. I think that's a lot yeah, of it. It's the first game. It's on national TV. It's the team that they just lost to. Um, and the Suns feast on mistakes. And I think that that was kind of their plan was let's play a low mistake brand of basketball. Like and it was um, especially ironic because Faku and, and Austin rivers were just like mistake after mistake in the yep. first half. It was just right. And you kind of watch and you go, okay, well, you know, rookies can do this too. Is this worse? Yeah, exactly. Is, is it worse? But I will say this, by the way, um, the trend holds true. Adamar has fewer turnovers, 17 to 18 for the Denver nuggets. Nuggets get a win. Don't turn the ball over when you have Nikola Jokic more than the opponent and you win the game. There were some um, high profile turnovers too from, yeah. from Phoenix. Like Phoenix had some bad turnovers that led to wide open runouts and things like that. Yeah. Jeff Green made some stuff happen. Um, and I think not staggering was a mistake. I think that probably if you're asking like what the thought process was, and if you're asking it in good faith and you're not just like, there's no reason, I don't really care. I just want to say that. I just want to ask, like, what could he possibly be thinking? If you actually are like, what was he thinking? I think it really is. He wanted, this is the thing with Malone. He wants to give guys a chance. He always says that. It's like, he wants to give them a chance. I think he gave that start at that bench unit a chance to be like, okay, guys, I agree. You got to lead. All you got to do is last six minutes. If you can last <laughs> six minutes, I'll get the starters back in. Right. Bench couldn't do it. So in the second half, he staggers Will Barton. Um, and Michael I'm, Porter. He actually – he started with Michael Porter for like two minutes and then Will Barton for like five or six. I just wanted to give – because Michael Porter had a great two minutes with the bench unit that led to that. That's a good point. 
that's fair. I, I'm well, I'm willing to be wrong about Michael Porter in the bench. I am a little. I am more. So you're anti MPJ with the bench. Yeah, I used to be very high on it, and now I've kind of come around because here's kind of what I've realized is the the style that MPJ runs. You're gonna run into the problem of you know how there used to be like the the Jokic offense, and then like Jamal Murray, and now like I think it's like I'm concerned. Of, this is back in the olden days. Um, now I'm more concerned about there being the Nuggets offense and then like MPJ just kind of stuck on the side. I don't know that the the guys on the bench unit are well built to get MPJ going, nor do I think that that unit. And this is a, a I'll say this, this is a fault of the coaching staff. They should have, if they're going to do it, it needs to be, Hey, MPJ is basically your point guard. Like he's getting the ball at high pinch post and you're going to let him jab step, call for screens, et cetera. Like MPJ runs the show if he's with the bench unit it's usually just not how it works. They're still running offense. And so I don't know how that, that really dynamic works. I can be wrong on this. Like I'm not married to this take. It's just where I'm starting from is I like Barton a lot with that second unit. That makes sense to me. I'd actually like to see Gordon a little bit more. I'd like to see Barton, Gordon, and three bench players. I think Barton is what you're getting at here. What I think you're getting at is that Barton is a lot more dynamic. I mean, he can be the hub of, of a unit of a five man unit where you're getting more than just one thing. I think with Michael Porter, if he's the hub of that unit, it's does he score or not? Not is the ball popping or do you get in the ball where it needs to go and you got the mismatch and over here. So he's just more dynamic. And he did it. I mean, look, I saw it. It's the craziest thing, man. I swear to God, I don't understand what people see with when they see Barton because tonight he goes eight of 14. He leads the Nuggets in assists. And I saw people on the timeline saying, oh, Will Barton thinks it's his time. Yes, it was his time. That second unit needed somebody that could step up, and he went there and stepped up beautifully. And did he look for a shot? Hell yeah, he did. They needed him to, and he did a great job. Eight of 14, five assists. He was great. Um, I'm I'm with you. I like Barton more with that second unit. I do think with with Porter in the second unit, I think you probably need Monte, and that might become an interesting thing that later in the season, if Jamal Murray comes back and starts, Monte uh, with the second unit, maybe Porter becomes a, a better combo instead of Barton in those minutes I don't know but for the time being Barton was able to run point and score at the same time and he did both beautifully tonight I'm ready to start Faku Composo and, and move Monte to the bench already <laughs> like Faku I thought played great with Jokic in that last stretch and not because yeah he had he had one Jokic. very good stretch. he had a rough game up to it but he had a very good final stretch yeah a very good final stretch because I think he was playing with Joker I just Maybe. think I just think the only way that he's viable is if he's on the floor with Joker. And it's when I say that it just becomes like, well, everybody's good with Joker, but there's degrees. And I think Faku's there's a magnitude. There's a, there's a exponential effect of Faku's improvement when he's on the floor with Joker versus when he's on the floor with anybody else. Um, I'd rather just be bones Highland, right? Like I'm at the point of being like, start bones, man. This, we can go back to that because your comment, I'm, I'm with you that I think Michael Malone had a lot of layers to his decision-making tonight. One of them was, and maybe the biggest one was giving that second unit a chance, including guys that they won playoff series with. So I do yeah. think, I know people don't always appreciate or expect that as fans. We want the new, the next thing right away. Um, but the other thing, I think you're right. We, and it's funny because it's Chris Paul, because I just remember Emmanuel Moutier's debut against Chris Paul. And I always think about it. And if Bones Highland plays tonight, yeah. And, and the exact same scenario happens where 
he pl- gets his debut and the bench unit gives up an 11 point lead in his first stint. He feels terrible. The t- team maybe feels terrible about him and it's so much worse. So I think part of this was also just, Hey, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Yeah. Th- not this one. Maybe, maybe the next one you'll get in. Maybe, not- maybe this verse on maybe Friday. Verse. <laughs> well, let's see how that one goes. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back. And we'll wrap up our conversation as the Nuggets get their first win of the season in their first game versus the Phoenix Suns. We'll be right back on Locked On. But first, I want to tell you about Calm. Do you want to know what makes LeBron James King James? Sleep. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Wow. I would have listed other things, but the more you know. (laughs) Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side of the game that's just as important, and that's mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like King James. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. I feel like I got to send this to Joker. Just need to get this thing in front of Joker. You got to go to sleep, man. As he says, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge, end quote. So if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA for a limited time, you'll get fit 40% off a calm premium subscription with calm. You've got access to the nature scenes. LeBron loves like rain or the leaves and so much more like sleep stories and meditation. So you can be ready for any challenges that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and using calm and get a 40% discount on a calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. We're also brought to you today by sweat block. So we've been telling you about for the last couple of weeks, these wipes that stop sweat for seven days. I used one today when I went in for the Nuggets war room with 1043. It was great. Good to see some folks there, by the way. And it seemed people have been listening. We got friends of locked on who have tried sweat block and love and love it, including straight out of Hollywood. We have a producer who was working on the set of a Marvel movie, which you know you might have heard of it. And she was working 18 hour days for weeks in the Atlanta heat. Ugh, that humidity. She heard about sweat block, started trying it, and she loves it. No more sweaty production days. She even reports that one of the A-list actors uses it. And it's a good thing because you don't want him getting angry about being sweaty. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. And he uses it to stay dry on the set and on the red carpet. Stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use with the doctor-created, doctor-recommended Sweat Block Sweat Wipes. They've got a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day, and thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and it's available on all platforms. Final segment with Adam Ares recapping the Nuggets win over the Phoenix Suns in game one. Um, I I am a, I have to stay on brand here, sir. Uh, the Denver Nuggets tonight got a win over a conference opponent. The Denver Nuggets go up 1-0 in their tiebreaker with the Phoenix Suns. 
those things can wind up mattering down the stretch. These games matter too. That can wind up being the difference between home court in the first round or not. So I, it's just, it's really funny to me, man. Like terrible preseason. We're worried. Saturday practice, total disaster. You and I like have spent the last week fretting. And then here we are. This was honestly, (laughs) it's fun. This was a really good win. I just think it was a really good win and the team looked resilient. They looked tough. They looked, the defense was, I just wasn't expecting it. I mean, there was no indication in the preseason. The Nuggets had their moments and the starting unit had their moments in the preseason, but the defense of that, that unit in uh, the second half was just, I did not see that coming. And especially didn't see it coming when they got down. What were their, what was their biggest deficits tonight? Do you remember it was 13 or 15 I just thought, what a mountain they have to climb. And not only did they climb it, but um, want to win comfortably. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just so impressed. I'm very impressed with the Nuggets tonight. Suns led by 16. That was their biggest lead. Oh, 16. 16. And the Nuggets come back. After, being, after the Nuggets being up 11. So that was a 27-point swing that they had in this game and still managed to come back from that. Yeah, not only came back and won, but they win by 12. <laughs> so... Uh, quite the roller coaster there. Yeah, I mean, look, the 34-24 third quarter and then uh, 25-16 fourth quarter. Like, they yeah. just handled them in the second half. It wasn't. Can we talk it, about Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon both, though, just a little bit? Because you mentioned other guys mm-hmm. stepped up tonight, and this was one of the reasons this was such an encouraging game, in my opinion, is Michael Porter tonight, he only goes 6 of 10. He only gets 10 shots off, two, 2 of 3 from the three-point line. He plays 34 minutes, and yet – I thought he had a phenomenal game, especially a phenomenal second half. The first half, there were some defensive lapses. He gets beat back door for a wide open. Like the low points of this one, especially in that first half, were pretty low. But I just this might be his best game out if you took away the scoring of every game. If you just said forget the scoring, what the other aspects of his game, how was he? And the passing, the rebounding, the playmaking. I just I was very impressed with with how he stayed engaged, even though the shots weren't coming to him. He made extra passes several times yep. on the perimeter to get guys open. He made that extra pass. Um, uh, the other thing I'll say, the DHOs looked really good with him tonight. His his, I don't know what the like the cut. I don't know what you would refer to it. The flare, like it, it looked really like his footwork was really good in those. He looked clean. He yeah. sometimes he'll come off of those and it's like one foot sideways and he's twisting and he hits it because he's freaking MPJ. But like he was coming off sharp, clean, totally free and nailing him. Like it was, it was sharp. No huge defensive lapses. There weren't times when I was like caught by oh there there's one and the whole team is looking at him like oh, come on man. None of that tonight was locked in. Um. I, I thought it was a phenomenal MPJ game, and I've been as hard on him in preseason as anybody. He showed up and shut me up tonight. Just phenomenal performance, I thought, by MPJ. Like, this is the thing. Uh, he's going to have his nights when he scores 30. I have every confidence he's going to do that. It, it is not more impressive to me, but it is impressive to me nonetheless that he can have a night. He helped his team win tonight. He yep. was efficient. Yep. No question. He, he wasn't, like, over – and this is a, a lot of it. Like, last two seasons, because he didn't want to be that guy, he would overpass. Or he'd over-defer. No. Played within the, within the flow, helped them win, did his thing, played his role, did his job. Great job by MBJ. Uh, I thought Aaron Gordon's effort and energy in that fourth quarter was essential because the Suns were still hanging around, 
And Barton hit those big shots. But one of the reasons why the Suns gave up on that game was they were tired and Aaron Gordon said, I'm not. Like, the SWAT was a goaltend. But the fact that he made that play still got his teammates going. And the fact that he was getting uh, using his athleticism to get tips for rebounds for others, which he didn't collect. Like, I thought Gordon, that's the kind of stuff that helps you. Like, the beginning of the game, the third quarter, and the end of the game is where Aaron Gordon showed up and I thought really put an impact on the game. Yeah. And Aaron Gordon, too, man. I mean, just so impressed with him tonight and the energy plays, as you mentioned. Um, five of six. I mean, here's what's impressive. Like, you think about Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon and what a big part we think of there. Usually, when you think of impact, you think of offense, this or that. They combined for 16 shots tonight and they yeah. played a lot of minutes, but they never, I, I never felt like they, got out of rhythm or disengaged from the game. They both were engaged the entire time. And um, like you said, they contributed to winning tonight. Just wasn't in this point column, but it was everything else. I think the rotation conversation has been kind of interesting. This is the last thing before we get out of here. Um, There's been kind of this clamoring to get Austin Rivers up out the rotation. And I understand it. Like, like, he he was terrible. He was terrible in preseason. He was terrible tonight. Had 143 defensive rating. Hasn't hit shots. Looks bad. I think a lot of it is Rivers is there in case he's needed, right? And I'm not sure that he should be in the rotation unless he's needed. I also feel like if he's needed, he's probably going to play better because he's going to play with better players. But, um, you know, only seven minutes for for him tonight. He's barely in the rotation anyway. Uh, I have a new theory for Dos Verde, which is you're only going to get one good one. (laughs) So... I think I'm serious. I'm betting on Friday. Jamichael Green looks good versus the Spurs and Jeff Green struggles. I don't know why I would think that. Uh, the one thing I'll say, you mentioned earlier, the JaVale McGee thing. I, I thought JaVale really struggled tonight with the pick and pop with Jeff Green. And, and especially yeah. in that third quarter, um, you know, JaVale is a great rim protector and he's so long and so athletic. But when you force him out onto the perimeter, he's uncomfortable. And Jeff Green did a great, Jeff Green just looked like he knew exactly how to take advantage of him. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if I agree with your theory. Um, I don't, neither one of those guys, especially Jermichael Green, like what is a great game from Jermichael Green? I, 12 points for, you know, like he, he does things, but I don't think he's one of these guys that's going to ever have a 25 point game for Denver. No, my point here more is more just like, I feel like one of them is going to struggle every game and one of them is probably going to be pretty good every game. And they're just mm-hmm. going to kind of flip. And I like Jeff Green. I'll say this, Jeff Green had veteran physicality tonight and it was present. And I, I thought that that helped also in the fourth quarter. Like yeah, he was good. He, he was strong. Uh, Nuggets play Spurs on Friday. I, I I picked them. I bet them to lose tonight. Going to be honest with you. I'm probably going to bet them to lose on Friday now. <laughs> you're because... you're such a, a mystery wrapped in an enigma, Matt, because you're taking them, if I'm not mistaken, to win the NBA championship, but yep. you're taking them to lose their first two games. Yep. All because right. I was wrong on this one. If they had <laughs> lost this one, I would have bet them to win on Friday. But because they won this one, now I'm like, oh, okay, we're back to the whole. We're gonna do. We're gonna win whenever we're we're up against adversity and underdogs, and then we're at home in the in the season opener versus an unimpressive Spurs team. That's when we're gonna wet the bed. Now that's nuggets. that's where I'm at. I got them figured. I got these Nuggets figured out, Adam. It's gonna be Nuggets game seven of the finals, and you're gonna say, I, look, <laughs> I got them to lose tonight. But I think they're gonna win the finals. But I got them to lose tonight celebrate nuggets fans happy for everyone out there excited to start the season off with a win uh follow the show on youtube subscribe to us on youtube you can check out 
uh, my awesome background and Adam's. Look at me. I'm in my studio uh, today, so you can't. Don't even. Don't even hate. You got like a. Is that a glass wall? Yeah, it's a glass that? wall. That's right. It's a glass wall. Okay, you got studio like a. here at the DNVR Studios. And it's where you let your, I guess, hostage victims record videos. Anyway, um, you can check us out on YouTube. Uh, check out Adam's work at thednvr.com. We'll be back on tom not tomorrow. We'll be back on Friday night for your recap we'll of be back. Spurs win. Yeah, Adam's got the week off. Uh, catch me. I'll be on Friday. I'll probably drag in a guest for that show. Uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think of the show. Um, at the 104.3 Fan um, War Room today with Sean Drotar and Stokely and Zach Bai, um, where we had a, a really good conversation, and also James Merrillat was there. Um, several people came by and said, Matt, love Locked On. Thanks so much. Love you and Adam. That means so much to me. I just need to, to thank those of you that were there at Brothers Barbecue and, and said oh. that to me to see like people that really appreciate it. You got to understand, like I got 130 or 140,000 Twitter followers. A lot of them are bots. Don't worry. I get a lot of negative stuff. And so that kind of stuff is really rewarding for me. That like I'm glad that I'm giving you something that you want to listen to every day. I'm really appreciative of that. Thanks for everybody that, that said that to me. And thanks for all the positive comments on Twitter. I like that. Um, I, be, I feel like I'm more a part of the community and it's not just, oh, we love Adam and there's also Matt. So I'm really appreciative of that. Love hearing um, that, man. I love hearing um, But you're still the king, Adam. Don't worry. You're still <laughs> the king of, of Nuggets Internet. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you guys again on Friday for post game after the first game. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next time on Locked On Nuggets. Thank you.